Hey guys, welcome to the number 138 ever episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. I am Chase Coburn. Today we are back with another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. Today we are going to be recapping the Wizards at 76ers game and previewing the Wizards vs. Suns game. We are about 30 minutes, 35 minutes away from tip-off, so I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what this Wizards-Suns game brings. And I also do want to recap that Wizards at 76ers game to really tell you what the insights that I saw from that game. Hope you guys do enjoy this episode. If you do subscribe, follow, share, view. I don't think we've got, like, a view in the last, like, 36 hours. What's going on, guys? What are you doing? So, subscribe, follow, share, and view. You know, we're right now we're not on pace to hit that 8,760 views uh, at the end of the year mark. So, you know, we're just not there yet. So, you know, we just, if you subscribe, follow, share, and view, though, we will hit that mark by the end of the year. I can promise you that. Let's get into this right now, Wizard 76ers. I am not going to lie to you. I, I really won't lie to you guys. I did not see all of this game. Again, I told you how I was playing basketball, so I did miss about the first half or so, but I did see a lot. Something I did like is Ruby Hachimura's play, right? I love to see a positive plus minus for him, 11 points, and he hit the shots that he needed to hit. And I think that's the thing with Hachimura right now is, and he is not, and I can assure you, he is not earning his starting job back anytime soon, considering uh, what Kyle Kuzma what is doing. So, uh, he's not earning his his starting job anytime soon. It, Kyle Kuzma put up 24-7-3-1-3. He's on the bench, right? But someone on the bench, what they needed of Hachimura is a great bench player. They need someone that's going to knock down the shots they needed to knock down. They need someone that's going to play pretty good defense. They need someone who's going to bring value to the team. And Hachimura brought that. Now, I know, and we have a Boomer Bust episode coming tomorrow. We are going to recap the Wizards-Suns game when we preview the Heat game. But I just think that when we look at, you know, the Wizards, right, with trade deadline stuff going on, the DeMontis Sabonis, the Jeremy Grant rumors, and, you know, even just blow it up, you know, and we're going to have a Boomer Bust episode about, about those options. Right now, Rui Hachimura is not someone you want to give up if you think he can be a starting caliber player again. Now, here's the thing. If the Wizards want to get one of Jeremy Grant or DeMontis opponents to try to compete and help Bradley Beal, then then you sh- then you'd probably have to give up one of Denny Avia or more. If the Wizards still want Hachimura as that kind of piece to still develop him, then you'd have to give up Avia, vice versa. So, it's going to be a very interesting deadline situation, and I'm not sure if the Wizards should go all out and have to risk giving up a guy like Avdi who played great defense. He had eight, nine, he had eight and nine last game. I mean, really a great game for him. His shooting could absolutely get better. Absolutely get better. But his defense is great, good plus minus. Do you really want to give up those guys? And I think that's a key thing when we look at the Wizards at this deadline. Another key thing when we look at the Wizards for this game is, and I was right about Tyrese Maxey. If you did read my Chase Sports' preview article for that game, you did know that I thought Tyrese Maxey was going to have a good game. And I was right. I was right. He shot. He had 22 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 1 steal. A great game from him. But I think the one thing is, they didn't let Joel Embiid go off. And I think whenever Joel Embiid goes off, the 76ers beat the Wizards. 
But Joel Embiid didn't go off, and and that was a key thing. That was a very key thing, right? Joel Embiid, yes, 27-14, with a plus four I'm, is is good, but the shooting wasn't as good as for Joel Embiid's standards, especially from the three-point land and from the free-throw line. But I, on the other hand as well, you have to look at it as just a Wizards perspective of, okay, you're locking down Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, right, had a good game. Right? But if you look at it from that perspective, then you're also thinking, okay, Embiid's having a good game, Maxey's having a good game, Tobias Harris is having a good game with his 18-9-3. So why aren't the Sixers winning? Because Embiid isn't going off. Some teams are just built to beat a team in, with one specific strategy. And I was right. I said Embiid would have a good game, but... Um, he would not have this crazy game that he sometimes has against the Wizards when the 76ers do win, right? He did not have that crazy game. And, yes, I got my prediction for the actually who's going to win the game incorrect. But something I did co- get correct is the individual breaking down the basketball game kind of thing. And I think with the Wizards, you need to break down every little step to predict them to win because especially without Bradley Beal right now, because there's so much that has to happen. You really need to break down every single little step. And the Wizards, they're not breaking it down. They're doing every single step. They're getting the rebounds. They're getting the bounces. Now, I was right also about the three-point shooting. The 76ers had a good three-point shooting night. But if the Wizards are shooting actually a better percentage, just by 0.02%, but if, I mean, if you're even still, like, if you're shooting... A, a little bit better of a percentage, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because if you're still, if you're still shooting better from all three areas of the, of, of the game and still having double digit scores and still having efficient players, Montresero, I mean, another great game from him, then it doesn't matter what the 76ers do. And I think that's the key thing with the Wizards is they're realizing you can game plan all you want. Yes, they have to stop the other team from doing their thing. But what it's going to come down to with the Wizards is their inconsistency. It's going to come down to them. So at this deadline, you got to look at it. Are they confident in them? Are they confident they can be consistent, be that 10-3 team they were at the beginning of the season? If they're confident in that, great. Keep this team. If they can actually do that. And, and, that's, and that's a question that we do need to answer, right? But real quick, reacting to the fantasy points, one other thing I did actually have to mention, and the Wizards – and not that Bradley Beal's a bad player. Bradley Beal's an amazing player. But the Wizards are still having success without Bradley Beal, which makes me think, is Bradley Beal in the wrong role in Washington, right? Does he not fit in Washington, right, the way he does, the way he would with other teams, right? And, and that goes into the trade talk. But in general, I wonder if the Wizards, if they're not going to trade Bradley Beal, if they should switch up their role with Bradley Beal, because Dinwiddie, when he's taking that role as the lead ball handler, he's succeeding, and when he's succeeding, the Wizards are seeming to have more success. Close game against the NBA champions, a win against a top five seed in the Eastern Conference, top four seed in the Eastern Conference. It's definitely something the Wizards got to think about. Maybe switching, if they're not going to trade Beal, switching his role to more of a lesser role where he's not doing as much, letting Beal do his thing scoring, letting Dinwiddie do his thing with his overall play, and letting Kuzma still be a very productive player. It's definitely something we have to think about. And again, we'll get into that more on our boom or bust episode. 
Moving on to the fan, uh, reactive to fantasy points. I had Joel Embiid getting 50 to 55 fantasy points. He got 53. I had Spencer Dinwiddie getting 40 to 45 fantasy points. He got 32. I had Kyle Kuzma getting 40 to 45 fantasy points. He got 56. And I had Seth Curry getting 35 to 40 fantasy points. He did not end up playing. It was a shock, but he ended up having back spasms. It was not expected for him to be out. I predicted a big thing on my article about him and how he would be the main source of the shooting. The 76ers still had other shooters uh, for them to succeed shooting the ball. Uh, but I do think that uh, I, I did about average on this fantasy point prediction. I do think I predicted a lot of the other little really steps uh, and just breaking down the game well. But... We could keep talking about the previous games and continue to talk about what the Wizards have done in their previous games. But nothing is going to matter if they can't continue that into the future. So what can they do in the future? What can they do tonight against the Phoenix Suns? They're starting a five-game, I'm pretty sure it's a five- or six-game homestand. Five-game homestand, right? You're playing good ball. What can they do? Well, starting off with the injuries, they won't have Bradley Beal again because he's out, right? But... The Suns also have a little bit of injuries. Cameron Payne's out. Dario Sarge is out. Landry Shamit out. I'm Dill Nadar. Frank Kaminsky. All of these guys are out. And yes, they might not be the most productive players, but Cameron Payne has been a really good backup point guard for the Suns. He was a big piece in why they made the finals last year. Dario Sarge, another good, really valuable piece. Landry Shamit, a good shooter. Kaminsky and Nader don't get as many minutes, but especially the three, Payne, Sarich, and Shamit being out, those are key players right there, and the Wizards can definitely take advantage with those guys out. Moving on to the starters, Spencer Dimity, Aaron Holiday, Kadibus, Cuddle-Poop, Kyle Kuzma, and Daniel Gafford are the expected five to start, and for the Suns, Chris Paul, Booker, Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder, and DeAndre Ayton will be the first five to lace up. Something very interesting you can learn more about this on my preview article that will be at the top of the description for this Wizard Suns game. I did preview the game again. Would highly recommend checking that out. I put a lot of time into those. So again, please check that out. But something I really think is crazy is that Thomas Bryant is returning and Daniel Gafford is starting, which maybe makes me think, right, again, I think they traded, uh, they were playing Daniel Gafford due to trade purposes. Did Beal go to them and be like, hey, I want to start winning, and I want this team to win, or somebody, and so now they're getting Daniel Gafford back in there, not worrying about the trades and trying to win basketball games now. It's definitely is something interesting to think about, but he is back in the starting lineup, and I do think he will get a lot of minutes. Learn more about why I think Daniel Gafford will be successful again in my preview article, top of the description. Prediction, I have the Wizards losing in a tight one, 120 to 113 win for the Suns. Starting off with my Coburn's catch, I think the Suns will win because of Devin Booker, arguably their best player. It's either him or Chris Paul. Booker has averaged 27, four, uh, four and a half, and uh, four and a half and four against the Wizards in his career. That's very successful. That success will continue. Now, I think his impact will be much bigger because of Bradley Beal being out. He could put up the same stat line without Beal or with Beal, but if Beal was playing, Beal would be putting up a reasonable amount of points to somewhat balance out what Booker was doing. I do think the Wizards will keep it close because of a couple different reasons, including Daniel Gafford's pain success. Like I said, learn more about that in my preview article on jasonsportsnews.com. That is, that is on the top of the description. The Wizards have played well recently, and they will keep it close, but it won't be enough, and Phoenix will get a seven-point win and to start the Wizards' five-game homestand in D.C. Moving on to spread time. Wizards plus 7.5, Suns minus 7.5, over under 219.5. I would pick the Wizards, and I would pick the over. I do have 
233 points in this game. Uh, I would have same spread, which is plus 7.5, Suns minus 7.5, over under 225.5. Again, I would pick the Wizards, and I still would pick the over again. 233 points, excuse me. I do have in this game, I do think it would just be a little higher scoring because I do think it would be a close game for, again, the reasons that I mentioned on my article. But then yet again, I think Devin Booker will score a lot of points, so I'd have to balance it out. I do think it will be a little bit more of a higher scoring there. Moving on to fantasy outlook, I have Devin Booker getting 55 to 60 fantasy points. I have Chris Paul getting 45 to 50 fantasy points. I have Spencer Dinwiddie getting 45 to 50 fantasy points. I have Daniel Gaffer getting 35 to 40 fantasy points. And I have Jay Crowder getting 25 to 30 fantasy points. Learn more about him on my Chase's Sports News preview article. Again, that is, if I'll say it one last time, that is on the top of the description. What punctuation do you put on that percentage? I'm going to give this percentage a period. I think giving Phoenix a 61.7% chance of winning is reasonable. Maybe it should be more like 60-40, but it's close enough. Phoenix has been the best team in the league this season, and knowing the Wizards are missing deal, that percentage makes sense. Now, the Wizards have also been good recently. So, to balance everything out, I do think that percentage makes sense for the best team in the league going against an under-500 team that has been playing hot recently. Last but not least, who ya got? I think Devin Booker will be the best player on the floor tonight. He is averaging 29-6-4 from the start of January to now, and that success, along with his success against the Wizards in his career, like I mentioned earlier, shows that he'll be able to be the who ya got player of the game. He will have a stat line that looks like 34 points, 4 assists, 2 rebounds, 1 steal, and zero blocks, and of course, I mean, you, you probably wouldn't expect to get blocks, and around 49% field goal shooting. I do want to mention when the field goal shooting, it's probably rare to get exactly 49%. I'm just saying around like that range, like 45 50% from the field. Hope you guys did enjoy this episode. If you did subscribe, follow, share, view. We want to continue to get more views. We haven't had as many recently, but so I really would appreciate if you guys do get some more views. Hopefully you guys um, did enjoy. I, I do want to start those predictions back where you guys can predict the games as well. The questions, that's if you listen on Spotify. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I might start those soon. Uh, hope, tell me if you guys do. Again, you can contact me at chaseabc at gmail.com, chase at chaseesportsnews.com, or you can contact me at chaseesportsnews.com slash contacts. Multiple ways to contact me. Or you can video mess- message me through Anchor. So, so many ways to contact me. Just tell me what you guys want. Tell me your opinions on the Wizards or anything like that. I do want to keep you guys involved. Check out my preview article. Enjoy the game tonight. And, of course, as always, I'll see you next time. Peace.